Well, good morning, uh, everyone. I hope uh, you can hear me. And uh, it's a warm welcome to those gathered here physically in church this morning. And a very warm welcome to all of you um, online, listening in there. Um, whether you're from Hennebel Baptist Church or Whitstable Baptist Church, or Winterslow Baptist Church huh. near Salisbury in Wiltshire. <coughs> very, very welcome. It's good to have you with us, and uh, we hope you enjoy the, the service uh, with us this morning. Um, I should say, Happy New Year to you all on this yeah, first uh, Sunday of uh, 2021. Um, I just wanted to begin with uh, some scripture, really, it's just to anchor us oh, it's just this year in God's Word. Maybe. And uh, I was reminded of uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 9, which we're going to read to us. This is the In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's pray as we come uh, before God. Everlasting God, we've come together at the start of another year to worship you. And we thank you that for the assurance that in an uncertain world, that you are reigning, that you are sovereign over your creation, and that we have a sure and certain hope through Jesus, who was raised from death and is now reigning at the right hand of the Father. We thank you, Jesus, for your mercy to us in the past, which through the cross has freed us from sin to live a new life in the present. We thank you, Jesus, for the hope that because you were raised to life in the resurrection, we too can enjoy resurrection power at work in us through the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that through the trials of this life, you are refining us and purifying us by your Spirit in preparation for that day when you come again in glory. And we thank you, Jesus, for our future hope of an eternal inheritance where we will live with you in a new heaven and a new earth, where there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death. And so we place our hope at the beginning of this year in the truth that you are the one and true living God who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. We thank you that whatever trials we have gone through in this past year and whatever this year holds for us, Thank you that our hope is in you and your power to shield us. And so we place our trust and our lives, Father, in your hands, knowing that nothing in all creation can separate us from your love in Christ Jesus. Strengthen us, inspire us, equip us, Holy Spirit, as we pray and worship together. And lead us forward in this year in your service. In the name of Christ. Amen. And so we begin with singing praises to our great God. Blessed. 
opportunity now for a time of open prayer, um, praise, thanksgiving, 
Uh, but also, if you want to pray for, for people um, who need a touch of Christ's grace and mercy, now is the time to do it. Or you might just want to kind of gather up prayers at the beginning of the year on behalf of yourself and others of just making a fresh commitment to Christ. It's however the Spirit leads you. Um, Adrian, um, for those that are present here physically in the building, if you want to pray, just put your hand up and Adrian will uh, come to you with a boom mic. Um, but please, if you're on Zoom, please unmute yourself and uh, pray and we will hear you in church and others will hear you on Zoom. So let's, uh, let's move into a time of open prayer. Please lead us as the Holy Spirit leads you. Feel all the words together and agreement seems to really make sense even more so than mm. usual at, at this time. Mm. If men come together, they can do more together than they can do as a single man. Yes. Now, if a, a bowl of a tree needed shifting, they have to kind of agree on how they're going to do it. And together, they, they do it. And with your will behind it, they can achieve, achieve much. And we just like to thank you, Sue and I, for bringing us to, to where we are now without anything absolutely terrible having it happen mm. and thank you for our prayers yes for looking after our family people of the church mm. i would ask for all of these you know for a protection your protection and blessing mm. amen 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 yes Lord. Father, I want to give you praise and thanks for the arrival of baby Reggie Bradley Horton this morning, uh, Tony's new grandson. Just pray for your blessing to be upon mum, Chelsea, and that you would bring healing to uh, her operation. And uh, just bless uh, her and Alex and uh, baby Reggie. We pray for Christ's blessing to be upon them and that they will come to know you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes. Can I give you some encouragement from Matthew? When Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be John to be baptized by him, John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for this is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And when Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and alighting on him, and a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Praise the Lord. Amen. Dear God, I thank we worship you. We worship you. Give you the everlasting 
Father, you are the Prince of Peace. You're the mighty God. You came to save us from our sins, Lord. We just thank you that we can meet together in maybe in different places, Lord, but we are the same God, the God who is always for us, who is always with us, the God who wants to redeem us from our sins, to restore that relationship with the Father. Just thank you that we can worship and praise you and give you thanks, for you are alone or worthy of all praise and honor and glory. Amen. Father God, I just want to pray for those in our fellowship who are unwell, and particularly on my heart this morning, I have uh, Paul Greenwood's son-in-law, I think his name is Michael, but also Janet, and also Josh, Josh Hayes. Mm -hmm. Father, there are others too, and, and you know each of them, but Lord, Jesus came to heal, mm. and so we just lift those, those to you this morning and ask that you will bring them healing and that you will bless them yes. and bless those caring for them too doctors and nurses and members of the family lord we just pray for them and ask that you bless them because yes. we ask in jesus name yeah. amen amen yes lord we thank you god for all the new life that's come in for rachel and her two new granddaughters born either side of christmas mm. We also thank you for the technology that allows us to be able to meet together with the friends from our own churches mm. and friends from other churches, whether we know them or whether we don't. Yeah. We thank you that we have this opportunity. And I pray that you, God, will be the God of the new year. Mm. That you will um, act in our personal lives, in the lives of our individual churches and in the lives of the, the church, your church as a whole across this country and the world. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 So, Lord, we ask that you would continue with us by your spirit as we worship that we would worship you this morning in spirit and in truth, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, we seem to be uh, in a season at the moment where people are moving uh, out, of, out of the area and moving on to, uh, to new homes. And uh, it's always sad when that uh, happens because we, we will miss them hugely. And uh, Mike Cage, who's uh, been a member with us for some time, uh, is moving on. Um, on the 7th of uh, January, Maureen and uh, Mike and uh, Alex, um, although he's at Nottingham, are all moving to, uh, to Shropshire um, to begin a new life. And so I've asked if uh, I could just speak briefly to Mike this morning and just uh, pray blessing on him. So I don't know, if, can, we, uh, can we spotlight Mike Cage at all? Mike, are you there? If you could unmute yourself, Mike. Yes, I am here. Great, good to have you, Mike. Mike, we're going to miss we're going to miss you hugely. Um, could you just uh, say briefly where, where you're going, Mike, and how 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 all that's working out for you? Um, we're going to Whitchurch in Shropshire. Right, and you're moving. Is it right on the seventh? Yeah, it's Thursday, the seventh. It's coming Thursday. And are you ready? Uh, we, more or less, we, we 
um, removal company are going to pack everything in boxes and load the boxes and stuff into the. We got four lorries coming, small lorries, so it's uh, it's a bit of a production. We're as ready as we can be. Um, this is a bit, for me and Sarah. This one's quite personal because Mike. I don't know if you know, but Mike and Mo and Alex used to be our our neighbours and uh, in the blue house next door to the manse. So we're going to miss them uh, hugely as a family. But I know all of us in church here will will miss you, Mike. I don't know. Is 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 sort of. Um, have you had time to explore? It's difficult, isn't it? Because we're all online. But have you had chance to explore churches in the area that you're moving to? I, I have. There's um, a huge Church of England um, church that's not doing much at the moment. And there's something like a coin, very evangelical, that do a Zoom uh, service like this on Sundays. But that's, that's all I've found out so far. Yeah. And when is when is Alex going back to Nottingham, Mike, to university? Uh, Sunday... Next Sunday, he goes back. Right. So, so we move on Thursday, and then he goes on yeah. the Sunday. So a busy time for Alex as well. Yeah. So, Mike, how can we pray for you as a family today? Um, pray that the move goes well and safely, and that we settle in and, and find a new uh, church family there. That's the important things. Yeah. Well, let's pray. Let me pray for, for Mike now. Thank you. Lord, I just want to thank you for Mike and Mo and Alex and for them as a, as a family. Lord, we've known them as a church for many, many years. Thank you for all that Mike has done to serve this church as caretaker and in so many other ways, Lord. And uh, we will miss them both um, and, and Alex too. And Lord, I just pray blessing and favour on them this Thursday as they uh, pack up and move to Shropshire. Lord, I want to pray specifically for, for Alex as he goes back to uni a few days after that. Lord, with all the upheaval, I just pray blessing on, on him. Um, and Lord, I just pray that the family would settle in quickly to this new location. And that, Lord, for Mike especially, that you would go ahead of him and guide him to the church that he can call home and find uh, a, a new family there, Lord, where he can worship you and continue to find growth and fellowship. So, Father, just pour out your blessing on them now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And obviously, Mike, if you want to uh, continue with us on Zoom, you'd be very welcome until you uh, settle into your new church. But thank you, for, thank you for sharing with us. Thank you. And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand over to, uh, to Mark, who's uh, done another all-age video, which helps to link into our new series on Ezekiel. So, Mark. Hi everyone. This week we're starting a new series in our sermons. We're looking at the book of Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel was a prophet and he lived about 600 years before Jesus was born at a time when the Israelites were in exile in Babylon because of their repeated disobedience to God. But Ezekiel feared and honoured God. He was a priest and a prophet, and he followed God's commandments, even when it was really difficult to do so. Because when you're living in a place 
where everyone believes different things to you. It can sometimes be really hard to do what you know is right, can't it? So today I'm going to tell you the story of another guy from the Bible who was also living in exile in Babylon. He was called Daniel and he was 100% devoted to God. But things were not always easy for Daniel while he was in Babylon. So let's have a look at the story of Daniel and the lions. Daniel missed his home in Jerusalem, but he wanted to please God because he loved him. He prayed to God every day, morning, noon and night, and he worked hard because he knew that would please God. Daniel actually worked for the king, and because he worked so hard, the king noticed him and promoted him to a position of prominence and great authority. A lot of the king's other advisors were jealous of Daniel. How could he be given such a position? After all, he was only a foreigner. He wasn't even from Babylon. Surely that was not right. So they started to plot Daniel's downfall. They watched Daniel carefully, trying to find something that he did wrong so that they could report him. But Daniel didn't do anything wrong. He was trustworthy and hardworking. But they did notice one thing. They noticed that Daniel went into his house and opened a window towards Jerusalem and prayed to God three times a day. So they decided to set a trap for him. They went to the king and persuaded him to pass a new law that said everyone in Babylon could only pray to the king and it was illegal to pray to anyone or anything else and it was definitely illegal to pray to God. The punishment for doing so would be to be thrown to the lion's den. The jealous officials knew that Daniel would continue to pray to God, so they watched him carefully. And as soon as they saw him opening his window and starting to pray, they ran back to the king to report him. The king was sad when he heard the news. He loved Daniel, and Daniel was his best and most trusted advisor. But the law was the law. So the king had no option but to throw Daniel to the lions. As they put Daniel in the lion's den, the king whispered to Daniel, I pray that the God that you serve continually will rescue you. Then he went back to his palace. The king did not eat or drink, and no one could lift his spirits with any form of entertainment and he could not sleep all night. He was too worried about what had happened to Daniel. First thing in the morning, he got up and hurried to the lion's den. Daniel, Daniel, he shouted. Are you okay? Did your God rescue you? May the king live forever, Daniel replied. My God sent an angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, your majesty. 
the king was overjoyed and immediately gave orders for Daniel to be lifted out of the pit and for the men that tricked the king to be put in it in his place. He took Daniel back to his palace and gave him an even better job. Then the king wrote another decree. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. And from that day onwards, Babylon and Daniel prospered. So Daniel knew that the right thing to do was continue to pray to God because God loves us and he wants us to talk to him. And the Ten Commandments say to put God first and not to pray to anyone or anything else. Daniel had a choice to make, to serve God or to serve man. It was a difficult choice because Daniel was living in exile, living in a foreign land, and the Bible tells us that we should obey those in authority over us and the laws of the land that we live in. And if we don't, the consequences can be quite serious, like they were for Daniel. But when the law of the land comes into conflict with God's commands, we should always follow God. And this is what Daniel did. He knew that he might get into trouble, but he trusted God. And God used the bad situation to demonstrate his power and to do an amazing thing. When the king saw how great and loving God was, he believed in him and commanded all his people in Babylon to do so also. And as Christians, like Daniel, we are also exiles. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, but we're living here on earth. We're waiting for Jesus to come and take us back home to heaven. But while we're here, like Daniel, we must obey and trust God and work hard because that honors God. We will have some difficult choices to make, Hopefully, not quite as drastic as Daniel's, but there are certainly Christians around the world that do face that type of choice daily. But if we do the right thing, and if we follow God's word, who knows what amazing things God will do? It might be tough, but as we saw last week, God is always with us and always protecting us in those difficult times. So, what choice will we make? Will we follow God or will we follow the world? Thank you, Mark, for another excellent uh, all-age uh, talk. And uh, that's a real great challenge, isn't it, at the beginning of 2021? Will we follow God? Or will we follow the world? So thank you for 
explaining that so clearly, Mark, and for um, really for outlining our theme this morning, which is living in exile as Christians. And that illustration of Daniel's life is a great illustration of what it means to live in the world, but not of the world, living as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, but having to live on earth at the same time. Um, as we read God's word and as we hear it explained, let's pray before we read it and uh, look at it. Lord, we thank you for your living word, and we thank you that it, your word is truth and has power and is the basis of our hope as we go into this year. So, Lord, speak to us, we pray, from your living word and help us to respond in obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. So we, this is very much an introduction to the book of Ezekiel this morning, um, looking at the theme of exile, and we're just looking today at the first three verses of Ezekiel chapter 1. So I'm going to read these to you, Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. In the thirteenth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day, while I was among the exiles by the Kiba River, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. On the fifth of the month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiakim. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, by the Kiba River in the land of the Babylonians. There the hand of the Lord was upon him. So um, we're starting a new series in Ezekiel called Living in the Light of God's Presence, um, which is a really great uh, theme when you think about it. Really, presence, God's presence is really the overall theme, really. You could sum up the book of Ezekiel as living in God's presence. And um, starting 2021 with that theme is a really great one uh, to begin with. And um, I want to look today uh, at God's presence, even in the uh, difficult situation of exile that uh, Daniel and Ezekiel faced. So living as exiles. The first Sunday of a new year is a, is a great time to be asking the questions, what is God saying to us at this time and how does he want us to respond to the times that we're in? We live in very difficult times, don't we? 2021 begins really where 2020 left off with COVID still making the headlines. And it seems we've got some way to go before we get back to anything resembling normal life. And many of us, I'm sure, in lockdown have been asking questions like, do we want to go back really to how we were living before the lockdown? Or we might be wondering as Christians, what is God doing? How is he at work amongst all the upheaval and uncertainty and suffering? Is he still sovereign? Is he still in control? These are natural questions that we want to ask. And these would be exactly the sort of questions that God's people, Judah, would have been asking in exile in Babylon. There they were hundreds of miles away from home. Their home was the promised land in Jerusalem. And there they were living in a foreign land in Babylon amongst foreign gods and idols. To say that this would have been disorientating is an understatement. They would have been asking, why has this happened to us? Has God abandoned us? When can we go home? How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? 
that has particular resonance today for us, doesn't it? How can we sing the Lord's song when we're not allowed to? It's as if we live in a foreign land under COVID. You see, God's people were experiencing God's judgment. They'd experienced a military takeover of their land. The Babylonians had displaced two waves of the people of Judah already in 605 BC and 597 BC, but it was to get worse for Judah. In 586 BC, the Temple of Jerusalem, which was the center of Israel's worship and their hopes, would be destroyed and razed to the ground by the invading uh, Babylonians. And the people of Judah, many of them were deported like Daniel and Ezekiel. They were deported to Babylon to live in exile. And this went on for 70 years. So their markers, their markers of identity as the people of God, the temple and the land were stripped away from them before their eyes. Um, one thing about exile is it strips away freedoms and choices that we have. Have you noticed how your freedoms and choices, how mine have been stripped away in lockdown? We're not free to choose what we do anymore. We're not free to go where we want to, to meet who we want to. It's as if we're being experiencing some of the disorientation and displacement of exile. And in the middle of their mess, God's raised up Ezekiel the priest to be a prophet to God's people in exile. He was there to interpret the times for the people. He was to warn God's people in exile that the siege and fall of Jerusalem and their deportation to Babylon was because they had broken God's covenant laws and incurred covenant promises, uh, curses on themselves. Remember that they were under the covenant of Moses, given at Sinai. If they obeyed God, they would be blessed. They would, be, they would have plentiful crops and herds and livestock, and they would live in peace in the land. But the, the final outworking of disobeying God was to incur the curse of exile. God warned them back in Leviticus that they would be exiled and scattered among the nations if they continued to... Um, disobey him. And that's what the people did. They were stiff-necked. They continued to disobey and ignored God's prophets. And so they ended up in exile as a judgment from God on his people. But even this was God's loving discipline. Just as we humanly will discipline those children that we love for their good so that they learn and grow, God was allowing his people to experience the curse of exile precisely so that they would turn back to him and that they could be restored. So Ezekiel is there to prophesy, to interpret the times for the people. And the overall message really is that God is sovereign over our experiences of exile. Um, as Christians, Mark has already said that we are exiles in this world. We are described in 1, 1 Peter as exiles. This world is not our home. We're just a passing through. We have citizenship in heaven. But we do experience another sort of exile, an enforced exile, in different ways. Um, I don't know. Maybe you're the only Christian in your family or workplace that can feel like exile. You can feel very isolated, very disorientated, and you can feel the hostility around you, quite honestly. Well, that's exactly what um, 
the people of Judah were experiencing in exile. Maybe you're experiencing the exile of loneliness or ill health at this time. Maybe you're experiencing the exile of, of mental health difficulties, of anxiety or depression. Well, the Bible says that there's good news for you in exile. God comes to his people in exile. Whatever the form that your exile takes, God is with you and his word speaks into your situation as it did to the exiles in Ezekiel's time. The Bible says again and again that God in his sovereignty can use even the evil in this world to bring about his good purposes in our lives. God is not the author of evil, but he does allow us to go through sufferings and trials so that we are shaped and molded to become more and more like Jesus. One illustration that can help us here is that, I don't know if you've ever looked at um, the cogs in a, in a clock. If you go to the British Museum in London, which you can't do at the moment, <laughs> but if you do, there's a whole section in there on watches and clocks. And what's fascinating is that the, a lot of the cogs in the clock or the watch seem to be working against one another, contrary to one another. But the overall movement is of the hands move in one direction only. So even though the cogs seem to be working against one another, there's an overall direction of movement of the hands. And that's because the designer of the watch or the clock has so designed every cog in that piece of machinery to work so that the hands move in the same direction. And it's same with the sovereignty of God. God can work with every shape and size of cog, even the trials and sufferings that we go through in life, he can use them to move us in his direction, in the purpose of his will. In other words, he is using even the trials and the sufferings in our lives to grow us by his spirit to become more like Jesus for that day when Jesus returns. Isn't that wonderful? That God uses every cog, every experience. There is nothing that happens to us that is outside of his sovereign will to mold us and shape us to become more and more like Christ. God is sovereign over everything that happens in our lives and in the world. And so God says to us this morning, I am sovereignly working out my purposes in the world. Yes, even in and through this pandemic, God is working his purposes out. Mysterious and hidden they are to us. But really, God is saying to us this morning, will you trust me, even in your experiences of exile, even in this pandemic, will you trust that I am sovereign and in control, that I am the Lord and creator of the world? Um, the question also for us as a church is, how does Ezekiel speak to us as churches today? Well, the first thing to say is that the experience of exile is an ongoing reality for us as Christians. Um, a dictionary definition of exile is, is one banished or permanently living away from their home or country. So if you're banished, that's enforced exile, as it was for Daniel and Ezekiel. Or you can choose to live in exile. So exile for the Christian is both enforced and chosen. Um, we, experienced, we experience exile as Christians as both enforced and a choice. When we are born into this world as human beings, we are not 
in, we don't, we're not born into the world loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Ever since Adam and Eve first rebelled and turned away from God's loving rule over them, as human beings, we are born into this world loving ourselves and living independently of God. And so we're in exile. We're separated, cut off from a relationship with God. But God sent Jesus, his son, who was exiled from heaven, who came to earth and was exiled and cut off on the cross, separated from the Father on the cross by our sin, so that through his death and resurrection, we will never be separated or cut off from the love of God if we trust in Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus was forsaken so that you and I will never be forsaken. Jesus was exiled and cut off from the Father on the cross so that you and I will never, ever be separated from the love of God. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus was exiled to bring you and I home by faith to the Father in relationship. But that exile is not yet fully ended. You know this, I know this. Living in this world still feels like exile, even for us as Christians. Why? Because we're not yet free of all suffering. We're not yet free of all sin and temptation. There's still hostility in our families, our workplaces. There's still viruses to live through. There's still suffering that we go through. We will not be fully brought home from exile until we enter a new heaven and a new earth. Then, in a new heaven and a new earth, when Christ returns, all exile experiences will be banished for good. We will live in the immediate presence of God, where there'll be no more suffering, no more tears, no more crying, no more pain, no more death. Isn't that wonderful? We will be fully home. Our exile will be fully ended. But if you've trusted in Jesus Christ, your exile is beginning to come to an end. And one day it will come to an end when Jesus returns. But in the meantime, we have an experience of exile as being, as feeling like uh, being uprooted. And I've gone the wrong way with my uh, PowerPoint here. I'll try and get back. <laughs> Press the wrong button. Let's see if I can get... Mark, can you help me out here? I need to get down to uh, exile. That's it. Thank you. Exile is being uprooted. Thank you. Um, I want to look at... Um, experience of being uprooted as exile. One commentator on Ezekiel explains uh, exile to say that exile is not simply being homeless. Rather, it's knowing that you do have a home, but that your home has been taken over by enemies. Do you, do you, do you resonate with this? It's, it's as if our homes have been taken over by an invisible enemy at the moment. That's what the pandemic feels like, isn't it? Our workplaces have been taken over by an invisible enemy. Exile is having deep roots which have now been plucked up like the plant on the screen. And there you are with roots dangling, writhing in pain, exposed to a cold and jeering world, longing to be restored to native and nurturing soil. Exile is knowing precisely where you belong, but knowing that you can't go back, not yet. <laughs> Sounds familiar, doesn't it? We can't go back, not yet. Uh, we're hoping many of us will have had will have the vaccine soon, um, and then life hopefully can begin to go back to whatever normal we want to go back to. I'm still working that one through. I don't know about you. I'm not sure I want to go back to normal, whatever that was. 
Um, I'm still asking God, what is? I, I, I promise I wouldn't say this phrase because I hear it too often in the media. But I'm asking God, what will be the new normal for me? There you are, I've said it. <laughs> You're fed up with these phrases, aren't you? But we need to be praying and asking God, how do you want me to live going forward? Because I don't want to go back to how it was. For everyone, this nine months of lockdown has felt like exile. Um, it's not an exile that we've chosen, but it's been forced on us. We've all felt like our deep roots of the things we held dear, were comfortable with, have been plucked up. We've been removed from the soil, if you like, that we were comfortable in, that's nurtured us. And we're left dangling in the air, wondering what the future holds. Um, and with this stay-at-home order that we have, it's like a kind of captivity as well, isn't it? Many of you feel captives. You, because of health risks that you have, because of vulnerabilities, you can't you, you think twice before you come to church, quite honestly, now, don't you? You think twice before you go to the shop. And many are more vulnerable than I am uh, health-wise about this. The normal routines, the normal soil of life has been disrupted. We've been uprooted. We feel disorientated, displaced, exactly like the people of Judah would have felt in being plucked up away from home in Jerusalem and taken to the unfamiliar surroundings of Babylon. We haven't been taken into exile physically, but the stripping away of freedoms and choices resembles something like the experience of exile. But there is a key difference between the people of Judah and us, obviously, needs saying. The nation of Judah were God's chosen nation living under the covenant of blessings and curses. They suffered in exile because they broke the terms of the old covenant and incurred covenant curses. As Christians, we live in a new covenant age. All the Old Testament covenants find their fulfillment in Jesus Christ, who brought a new covenant. He is the one who took upon himself on the cross all the covenant curses of your and mine rebellion. They were focused on Jesus at the cross. And they were focused on Jesus because he took the curse he took the punishment. He took God's judgment, God's wrath on himself on the cross when he died for our sin and rebellion and self-centeredness. And so we do not suffer quite as directly as the people of Judah did. It's more complicated for us. It's, very, it's, it's a very tricky business in trying to say that this suffering over here is related to a specific type of sin. You, 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 you get into dangerous ground there. But what we do need to recognize is that the Bible does link blessing and uh, living under the, the rule of God is a good way to incur blessing rather than curses. Um, I could say more on this, but this is not the moment to do that. In the meantime, we continue to live as exiles under a fallen creation. We do experience still the curses of our sin, don't we? Um, Jesus said that... Um, until he comes to bring about a new heaven and a new earth, there are birth pains, signs of fallenness in our creation. Earthquakes, famines, viruses, pestilences, wars, rumors of wars. These are all signs of a fallen creation, of a human race which has turned its back on God. 
And so we do live with the curses of creation in a general sense. But there are still parallels we can draw with our experience of exile and Judah and Ezekiel's exile. Surely this is a time for us to be asking questions about our own commitment to God, isn't it, as Christians? Isn't it? What is God saying to us? Surely one of the key things that we need to understand now more than ever is to trust in God and not in ourselves. I'm grateful, and I know you're grateful, that God has guided science, scientists to the new vaccine. Aren't we grateful for that? That common grace and wisdom and skill that God gives to scientists. But what this pandemic has still shown us is that as human beings, we are not in control of this world. We like to see ourselves as autonomous decision-making beings who can live and uh, make decisions and be sovereign over the environment and creation on our own terms without God. What this virus has exposed is our powerlessness as human beings. We are not in control. And as a result of our lack of, of a sense of control, which, by the way, I think long term is a good thing, we, we are seeing a surge of anxiety, loneliness, depression, grief, exposure to death, mental illness, which is being manifest in people reaching out for conspiracy theories, looking to the occult, to new age beliefs, and to, yes, some looking to prayer and to Christian faith. Now more than ever, we need to pray that as people are sensing the loss and displacement of exile, that they would turn to God. We need to pray for our work colleagues, family members, friends, neighbours, that they would turn to Jesus and that God would use us to help them find him. Uh, just going to plug the Alpha course. You may know people in your street or workplace who are, who are searching for meaning right now. School friends, we are running an alpha, or Mark is running an alpha course from the 21st of January. This is a great chance for people to come and raise objections to the Christian faith and to ask questions and to debate and discuss Christianity. There are people in our community searching for meaning, purpose. People experiencing exile for all sorts of reasons. Why don't you invite them to Alpha? It's online from the 21st of January. Speak to Mark. Go on the website. It's all on there. But I want to finish by challenging us at the beginning of this year to trust in God's word. Um, what's so interesting about the book of Ezekiel is that the word of God speaks into the exile and it speaks into our exile. Verses one and three. While I was among the exiles by the Kiba River, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. And it goes on in verse three. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest by the Kiba River in the land of the Babylonians. There the hand of the Lord was upon him. Do you see the good news here? God's hand was on Ezekiel, even in exile. God's word, God's visions came to Ezekiel and the people of Judah, even in exile. God has not finished speaking to us. God's, God wants to bring fresh vision to us in 2021 of his glory, majesty, sovereignty, holiness. God, God's word speaks to us, and God wants to say to you and I this morning, I am sovereign over all the circumstances. I am Lord of history. 
the past, present, and the future are in my hands. Will you trust me as your Lord and Savior and Creator? Our world has made an idol of human autonomy. Um, human beings, we feel that independently of God, we are free to choose and make our own way through life and search for happiness and contentment and fulfillment and meaning and purpose entirely on our own terms. It's an individual thing. But God has created us for him. And our hearts are restless until they come home to rest in him. People will always be in exile until they come home to God. That's what the Bible says. There'll always be a restlessness, an uncertainty, an anxiety, a despondency, a hole in the human soul until people come home to God. And what's the good news? It is that life in all its fullness is found in Jesus, who said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. You see, God sent Jesus out of heaven to be exiled on earth to bring people home out of exile to God. That's the good news. That's the good news that you and I can offer to people who are trapped in exile in our community, who are lost and helpless, powerless and feeling cut off and separated from God. As Christians, we will always be exiles in this world. We'll never be truly home until Christ returns and brings a new heaven and a new earth. And only then will our exile come to an end. As Christians, the good news I want to offer you this morning is that your exile will come to an end. Your experiences of separation, your pain, your sufferings will come to an end. There is a hope and it's founded on the resurrection of Jesus who rose from the grave and is now reigning on high at the right hand of the Father and who's coming again to bring in his eternal kingdom. And you as a child of God will inherit the riches of heaven and live with Jesus in a creation freed from all suffering and exile. Isn't that wonderful? That's God's word to you this morning at the beginning of 2021. The vaccine's great news, but I want to tell you even better news. The creation will one day be fully renewed. All suffering, tears, death will be brought to an end. God will finally remove this, any sense of exile that we experience in this life. But you know what? He calls you and me to go and tell the world that the exile has been ended by Jesus and that they too can come home. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you came into this world as an exile from heaven to bring an end to our exile. And we thank you that you're coming again to bring a new heaven and a new earth. And so, Father, we turn away at the beginning of this year from all human autonomy, from all self-centeredness, from all living independently of God. And we say, Jesus, that we are yours Lord, we are here to serve you. We commit ourselves afresh to you at the beginning of this year. Lord, use us to call people to come home from exile. Thank you for the hope of eternal life that we have in Christ and of a new heaven and a new earth, where one day all of our exile experiences will be brought to an end. Thank you, Jesus, that you took the curse on the cross. You brought the curses to an end on the cross so that we can experience coming home. 
We thank you, Jesus, and we ask you at the beginning of this year to fill us with your spirit, to enable us, to empower us, to equip us, to serve you, and to call the exiles home. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to finish with a song. Thank you.
blessing um, comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.